0: Once a man named Stephen preached about the Lord. Folks were saved and folks were healed as they heard his word. Satan did not like it. Soon he had his crown. And as he was tried, they heard Stephen cry aloud. I see Jesus standing at the Father's right hand. I see Jesus yonder in the prow. Promised land, work is over. Now I'm coming to thee. I see Jesus standing, waiting for me. As the stones fell on him, beating out his life. So much like the master, with a heart so true, he prayed, Lord, forgive for them, know not what they do. the gates of glory, down the streets of gold, marched a hero of the Lord into heaven's fold. When he met the Savior at the judgment throne, I believe he smiled and said, Stephen, welcome home. I see Jesus standing at the Father's right hand. I see Jesus yonder in the promised land. Work is over. Now I'm coming to Thee. I see Jesus standing, waiting for me. All
1: right, turning your Bibles to the Song of Solomon. Song of Solomon. That's a little book tucked away there in the Bible. We don't hear a lot of messages preached out of the Song of Solomon. Yet it's a tremendous book. Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. Song of Solomon. And as you turn there, turn to chapter 3. And we're going to begin reading in verse number 1 of Song of Solomon, chapter 3. And it's good to have all of you here. And every night we've had several visitors. And it's good to have visitors here, and, uh, and it's good to have the regular members of Souls Harbor Baptist Church. Good to have you here, and uh, it's been a blessing this week to be here, to minister, and to be a part of, what, of, of the services. And I've had a good time, and uh, looking forward to going home to uh, Beulah Land tonight. And uh, that's Indiana, you know, that's, uh, that's the blessed land. If you're ever ever coming through that way, be sure to stop in, and uh, we'll be glad to show you some good old Hoosier hospitality, and we'll take care of you, and uh, if you're ever going through Michigan City especially, uh, we're we're right, uh, if you're going up through 94, they're going into Michigan, you've got to pass by uh, within a mile or two of where we live, so make sure you stop in and say howdy, and uh, if, if, if we're there... We'll do our best to accommodate you, do what we can, and I mean that, and our, our church is not far from there. If you're ever on that over that way, stop in, and you'll find some of the most friendly people on earth right there in that area, and uh, all right, we're going to look at Song of Solomon, chapter three, and we're going to begin reading in verse number one, but let's pray first. Father, we thank you tonight for your word. Father, we pray that, Lord, as we bring this last message of these meetings, Lord, that, Lord, you would just lay it on our hearts. God, I pray, Lord, that you would really, Lord, just deal with us in a tremendous way about the subject at hand. And, God, may we leave this place, Lord, uh, closer to you, God, than we ever have been before. Help us tonight. And, God, I pray that as we end these meetings, Lord, that there'll be a continuation of your work, God, and that your word would continue to work in the hearts and lives of the folks Lord, that have been partakers of your word. And God, we just thank you for, thank you for this church and what it means for this area. Not only for this area, but what it means for missions and and, uh, and the gospel, Lord, around the world. And we just appreciate it and we thank you for it. Now bless, Lord, and we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm, uh, I'm sorry, Song of Solomon, chapter 3, beginning in verse number 1. The Bible says, by night on my bed, I sought him whom my soul loveth. I sought him, but I found him not. I will rise now and go about the city and the streets and in the broad ways. I will seek him whom my soul loveth. I sought him, but I found him not. The watchmen that go about the city found me. To whom I said, saw ye him whom my soul loveth? It was but a little that I passed from them, but I found him whom my soul loveth. I held him and would not let him go until I had brought him into my mother's house and into the chamber of her that conceived me. I charge you, O ye, o ye daughters of Jerusalem, by the rows and by the hinds of the field, that ye stir not up, nor awake my love till he pleased. I'm going to talk. Tonight on this last message in these meetings, I'm going to speak tonight on somewhat of an unusual subject, I think. Again, normally we don't hear a lot of messages preached from the Song of Solomon, but it's a beautiful book and you ought to read it and study it and God will bless you for it. And I'm going to speak tonight on Him whom my soul loveth. Him whom my soul loveth. The word love is used some 62 times in, in this book of Song of Solomon, 62 times over and over this word love is used. I think that, that it could uh, very properly be called the book of love because over and over and over God emphasizes the fact of love, It's a beautiful story. Uh, it's, it's, it's an allegory uh, written about uh, uh, two people who, who are very much in love. But you see, it, it's not just about them. Uh, actually, it's about the love of Christ for his people and the love of his people for him. It's the book of love. In this passage, we see several times this phrase, him whom my soul loveth. And with that in mind, we see that the Lord Jesus Christ is spoken of as Him whom my soul loveth. You see, each one of us should be able to say that the Lord Jesus Christ is, is that person that, that, that we love with our innermost being. I think tonight that, 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 that it's really a shame that we don't love the Lord more than what we do. This, this, this passage uh, expresses tremendous love for the Savior. And again, I say, you know, each each one of us ought to be able to honestly say that I love the Lord more than anything or anybody else in this world. You see, our love for the Lord Jesus Christ should not be shallow, should not just be some pretentious, uh, uh, artificial, surface kind of love. But my friends, it should be a love that reaches down into the very depths of our soul. Our, Our innermost being should cry out, you see, with love for the Savior. A fellow by the name of William Featherstone once penned these words. He said, My Jesus, I love thee. I know thou art mine. For thee all the follies of sin I resign. My gracious Redeemer, my Savior art thou, if ever I love thee, my Jesus, tis now. I want to ask you something tonight. Is the Lord Jesus Christ him whom your soul loveth? You know, I was reading the Bible and and, and I found that there was a lawyer in the book of Matthew, in fact, Matthew chapter 22, that asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? In other words, what is the greatest law? Now, 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 that's kind of ironic. Here is a lawyer asking Jesus, what is the greatest law? And it's interesting what Jesus replied. There in Matthew chapter 22, Jesus said, this is the greatest law. He said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. Hey, do you love the Lord like that tonight? I think most of us in here would say, boy, I love the Lord. But listen, do you love him in your soul, you see? With all thy soul, with all thy heart, and with all thy mind. Now listen, Jesus said, this is the first and greatest commandment. That's the greatest commandment. Now, if I were to ask you tonight, you know, what What do you think is the greatest sin in all the Bible? Boy, somebody would raise their hand and say adultery. Somebody would would raise their hand and say murder. Somebody would, would raise their hand and say lying. But listen, listen, friend. If Jesus said that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind, then obviously the greatest sin would be not to love the Lord that way. Huh? Do you ever think of not loving the Lord as being a sin? Listen, friends, if, if to love the Lord is the first and greatest commandment, then not to do so would obviously be the first and greatest sin. Huh? Do you love the Lord tonight is what I'm asking. I'm not asking you, do you smoke cigarettes or drink beer? I'm asking you, do you love Jesus? I'm not asking you if you're an adulterer. I'm asking you, do you love Jesus? Uh, 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 listen, with your soul is Jesus Christ, him whom your soul loveth.
0: Huh?
1: Well, I don't imagine there's any greater way that we could close out these meetings more than for each of us to take an evaluation of our love for the Lord and see, uh, friends, if if we're really loving the Lord like we ought to. Because I believe tonight, if we love the Lord like we ought to, then that will just take care of so many things, you see. So many things are just taken care of if we would just love the Lord like the Lord says we're supposed to love him. The writer says, he is he whom my soul loveth. So tonight, I just want to talk a little bit about him whom my soul loveth. And, and and it's my prayer tonight that all of us would leave here just loving the Lord more than we ever have before. First of all, I want to look at tonight the description of him whom my soul loveth. Let's look at the description of him. Look at uh, uh, chapter uh, 2 and beginning in verse number 1. And we see the description of him whom my soul loveth. Notice what it says in verse 1, I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys. As the lily among thorns, so is my love among the daughters. As the apple tree among the trees of the wood, so is my beloved among the sons. I sat down under his shadow with great delight, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. Listen, this passage gives us some somewhat of a description of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, it talks about, first of all, his person. And it tells us that his person is unique. The Lord Jesus Christ is unique to anybody that ever lived on this earth, you see. And, and, and listen to me, he was unique in his birth. Amen? amen? Nobody else was born like Jesus was born. You say, how was he born? He was born of a virgin, amen? Now that's a unique birth. Now there's been millions and billions of people that have been born on this earth, my friend. But well, there's nobody's ever been born like the Lord Jesus Christ. He had no earthly father, but he had an earthly mother. Amen. His father was God, and and he was born of a virgin. The Bible says, and wrapped in swaddling clothes. He's unique, unique in his birth, and only that he was unique in his life. Amen. He was sinless. Nobody else could ever claim a sinless life. The Bible says that Jesus was, was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. Praise God. He's a sinless Savior, and we ought to love him. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Boy, he never told one lie. He never thought one wicked thought. He never did one evil thing. He's the sinless Son of God, and we ought to love him with our souls tonight. He was unique in his birth. Listen, he was unique in his life. And he was certainly unique in his death. Amen. Amen. Nobody ever died like Jesus died. Huh? Hey, listen. They didn't take his life. Uh, Listen, he laid down his life. Uh, Listen, for my sins and for your sins. Listen, that's the vicarious death of Jesus Christ. You say, what does that mean? That means he died on my behalf and on your behalf. Praise God. When they nailed him to that cross, listen to me, friend. He wasn't screaming and kicking and trying to get away and all of that. He willingly laid his life down on the cross. Jesus said, greater love had no man than this. And that a man lay down his life for his friends. Boy, how often do you think about how Jesus laid down his life for you? Boy, wicked sinners like we are filthy, hell-deserving sinners, and yet this sinless Savior said, I'll lay down my life so that they could be saved. Oh, he died a, a, a very unique death, amen. amen. He was unique in his birth and unique in his life and, you, and, and unique in his death. But listen, he was also unique in his resurrection. Praise God. <laughs> he didn't stay dead, Amen. Or the songwriter said, Up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph over his foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain. Now he lives forever with his saints to reign. He arose, Amen. Praise God. He's a risen Savior. Huh? Or oh, death couldn't keep him in the grave. The devil and 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 none of his forces could keep him down, friends. He's a risen Savior. And it speaks of his uniqueness. And then he was, he will be unique in his return. Praise God, he's coming back again. And Jesus said he's going to come with, in clouds and great glory. Amen. Amen. And praise God, I'm looking forward to his return. The uniqueness of his person. But, but, but not only that, as we look at the description of him whom my soul loveth, we not only see that his person is unique, but we see also that his countenance is unequaled. His countenance is unequal. Look again in Song of Solomon chapter five and verse number eight. He says, I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, if ye find my beloved, that ye tell him that I am sick of love. What is thy beloved more than another beloved? Praise God, he's a lot more, amen. O thou fairest among women, what is thy beloved more than another beloved, that thou didst so charge us? My beloved is white and ruddy, the chiefest among ten thousand. His head is as the most fine gold, his locks are bushy and black as a raven. His eyes are as the eyes of doves by the rivers of waters, washed with milk and fitly set. His cheeks are as a bed of spices, as sweet flowers. His lips like lilies dropping sweet-smelling myrrh. His hands are as gold rings set with a barrel. His belly is as bright ivory overlaid with sapphires. His legs are are as pillars of marble set upon sockets of fine gold. His countenance is as Lebanon, excellent as the cedars. His mouth is most sweet. Yea, he is altogether lovely. This is my beloved, and this is my friend, O daughters of Jerusalem. I want us to think tonight, friend, about him whom my soul loveth. We see his uniqueness. We see that his person is unique, but we also see that his countenance is unequal. Listen, there's none like the Lord Jesus Christ. Boy, they come and say, what is thy beloved more than others? And listen to me, friend. We need to understand that he's altogether lovely. Amen. Amen. Everything about the Lord Jesus Christ is lovely. Praise God. Now listen to me tonight. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ doesn't possess that kind of, you know, normally, you know, when we think about beauty, we think about that kind of Hollywood beauty, you know. The kind of beauty that, that that people crave after. The kind of beauty that, that, that people envy and want. But listen, the Bible says that he hath no, no comeliness that we should desire him. He's not some Hollywood made-up star, friend. Listen, all of his beauty radiates from within. He's altogether lovely. There's none like the Lord Jesus Christ, friends. There's nothing about him. Listen, he's lovely in his works. He's lovely in his words. He's lovely in his ways. Praise God. This is him whom my soul loveth. We see that his person is unique. His countenance is unequal. But we see thirdly that his love is undying. His love is undying. Look at our Song of Solomon chapter 8. And verse number seven. And in verse seven, the Bible says, many waters cannot quench love. Neither can the floods drown it. If a man would give all the substance of his house for love, it would utterly be content. What is that saying? Listen, God's love for us never ends. Boy, I'm glad tonight that the Lord doesn't just love us because of. He doesn't love us because we're good. He doesn't love us because we're this or that. Listen, friend, before we ever knew him, he loved us. And first John he says we love him because he first loved us. Think about that tonight. Or you're here and you're saved. And praise God, you you know you love him now. But 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 do you understand that the Lord loved you before you even knew that he existed?
0: He loved you, friend, while you were in your sin. He loved you while you were in rebellion. He loved you while you scoffed him and ignored him. He loved you. And I'm telling you, friend,
1: if you're here tonight and you're lost, the Lord loves you. And it never ends. I've seen a lot of people stop loving the Lord. But I've never seen the Lord stop loving anybody. Friend, he loves us unto the end. (laughs) He says... (laughs) Many waters can't quench it, you see. Nothing's going to stop his love for us. In Jeremiah chapter 31, and verse number 1, he emphasizes the fact of God's undying love for us. And boy, that ought to cause us to love him that much more. In Jeremiah 31, and verse number 1, the Bible says, At that time, at that same time, said the Lord, will I be the God of all the families of Israel, and they shall be my people. Thus said the Lord, the people which were left of the sword found grace in the wilderness, even Israel, when I went to cause him to rest. And look at verse three. The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, have I drawn thee. How far will God's love last? Forever. Forever. Over in Romans chapter 8, I was reading that passage. Tremendous passage on the undying love of the Lord for us. In Romans chapter 8, in verse number 35, it asks this question. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Amen. Amen. Shall tribulation? You say, oh, Brother McCoy, I'm going through so much trouble. But listen, God's not going to stop loving you because of the trouble that you go through. Or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword, as it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long, we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Now, now, now look at the answer in verse 37 Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He's not going to ever stop loving us. Huh? (laughs) Hey, we shouldn't stop loving him. Praise God. I'm saying tonight that the Lord Jesus Christ ought to be Him whom your soul loveth. Can you say that tonight? We see the description of Him whom my soul loveth. But secondly, we see the desire for Him whom my soul loveth. Look at the Song of Solomon, chapter 3, and verse number 1. Let me find it again. I should have kept my finger in it. In Song of Solomon, chapter 3, oh, we see the desire for Him. Whom my soul loveth. In verse number one of chapter three, he says, By night on my bed, I sought him whom my soul loveth. I sought him, but I found him not. You know what, whatever it is that you love, you'll seek after. Amen. Amen. Well, some men love money, you know, and boy, they, 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 they will give their lives, boy, for, for, for just a little bit more of it. Someone asked a rich man once, you know, how much money is enough? And his reply was, well, just one more dollar. Just one more dollar. Why? Because he loved money, you see. Hey, when you love the world, friend, then you'll seek after it, you see. And boy, there's some Christians, man, it seems like they're never able to shake the love for the world. God says of oh, demon's Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. I think there's a lot of Christians, boy, they just can't break that love, you see. Amen, they get saved, but they love the world. But, but here, listen, he says, I saw him whom my soul loved. Now, what does that say? Or if you love Jesus, you'll seek him, amen. If you love Jesus, my friend, you'll be desiring to be closer with him and closer with him and to, and to have a closer relationship with him. Are you seeking the Lord tonight? Or people seek all kinds of things, but I'm asking you: Are you seeking the Lord? Is is, is your heart's desire, or that you might know Him, and that you might love Him, and that you might be close to Him? Is that the desire of your heart tonight? It ought to be. It ought to be. I'm saying tonight, friends, if we love Him. We will seek him. And the writer said, by night I saw him. Friends, listen, we'll spend time in prayer. We'll spend time in the word of God. We'll spend time when others are sleeping. Why? Seeking the Lord because our desire is that we might love him more and be closer to him. Are you seeking him tonight? Or oh, the devil just gets our mind, our attention on all kinds of other things. Huh? Besides loving the Lord. Amen. Well, I've I, uh, been going on and off this, this week. You know, I've been able to go home some, but, you know, I'm looking forward to going home. You say, why? Well, I love my wife. I want to be near her. Amen. Amen. I love my children. I got four children. I know I don't look that old. <sighs> but I, I love them and I want to be near them. See? When you think it's strange, if, you know, man, you say, Brother McCoy, two days from now, I'm still here. You know, man, don't you want to go home? Man, you having problems at home. What's wrong? You know, we think, man, it's natural. You know, God's away from home, a person away from home. They want to get back to their family, their loved ones. Well, don't we think it's just as abnormal when Christians don't want to be close to the Lord? Man, we get backslidden. We stay away from the Lord. Our heart is cold. Man, there's no real love for the Lord. There's no real desire for the Lord. There's no real seeking for the Lord. Hey, Christian, are you seeking the Lord tonight? Huh? Or is it just a dry, cold relationship? Huh? Oh, if we love him, we will seek him. But there's a second thing. Friend, if he is really him whom our soul loveth, once we have found him, we won't let him go. <laughs> Look at verse 4 in that third chapter, Song of Solomon. It says, it was but a little that I passed from them, and watch this, but I found him whom my soul loveth. Now watch this, I held him and would not let him go. Until I'd brought him into my mother's house and into the chamber of, of, of her that conceived me. Now 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 what were they saying? Man, uh, I desired him whom my soul loveth, and I sought him, and it wasn't but a little while. Listen to me, Christian. I'll guarantee you something tonight. You get in earnest about seeking the Lord, you get in earnest about getting close to the Lord. It won't take you long. It doesn't take long to get back to the Lord. Why? Because He's never moved. It doesn't take long, but what it does take is an earnest desire, friends. A, a, a listen, a love for him that will cause you to seek him. And boy, once you seek him, friends, you cleave to him. Huh? You won't let him go, friends. You say, oh, Lord, Lord, I'm so glad to be close to you, God. And you'll stay close to him, you see. We get away from the Lord when we stop loving him like we ought to. And we just kind of turn loose, you see. I'm saying tonight, we should have a desire for the Lord. We should have a desire for him whom our soul loveth. And if we do, we will seek him and we will keep him once we find him. Oh, we look tonight at the description of him whom my soul loveth. What is he? Man, he's... Him whom my soul loveth. And you'll seek him, you see. but then I want to say lastly that we have a duty to him whom our soul loveth. We have a duty toward him. You say, what's that duty? Well, first of all, we we have a duty toward him to stay pure. Huh? We have a duty toward him to stay pure. Look at Uh, Song of Solomon chapter 5 and verse number 2, we have a duty toward him whom our soul loveth, and our first duty is to stay pure. In Song of Solomon 5 and verse number 2, there the Bible says, I sleep, but my heart waketh. It is the voice of my beloved that knock is saying, open to me, my sister. Now watch this. My love, my dove, my undefiled. For my head is filled with dew and my locks with the drops of the night. (laughs) Undefiled. That word undefiled means pure, you see. And listen to me. (laughs) That's what Christians ought to be. We ought to be undefiled, friends. We ought to be undefiled with the filth of this world. Amen? Amen. Amen. Huh? And yes, huh. in, 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 um, look at chapter 6, verse 4. That, that same book, chapter 6, verse 4. He says, Thou art beautiful, O my love, as Terza, comely as Jerusalem, terrible as an army with banners, Turn away thine eyes from me, for they have overcome me, thy hair, it's as a flock of goats that appear from Gilead. Thy teeth are as a flock of sheep that, that go up from the washing, uh, whereof every one bear twins, and there is not one barren among them. As a piece of pomegranate are thy temples within thy locks. And uh, verse uh, verse, verse 9, he says, My dove, my undefiled, is but one. Again, uh, he refers to her as the undefiled. She is the only one of her mother. She is the choice one of her that bare her. The daughter saw her and blessed her, yea, the queens and the concubines, and they praised her. Now listen, that's a description, again, of how God's people ought to be. Undefiled, amen. And so many Christians, listen, well, we're content to waller in the slop and the filth of this world. And, and, and listen, that's not pleasing to the Lord. We ought to be undefiled. We ought to live a pure life for the Lord Jesus Christ. Look over in, in 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3 and verse number 1. 1 John chapter 3. And verse number one. Notice what the Bible says there about this matter of purity. In First John chapter 3 and verse number one, the Bible says, Beloved, I'm sorry, behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now that's a, a blessed hope, amen. amen? Praise God, one of these days, we're going to see the Lord Jesus Christ, but, but more than that, friends, we will not only see him, but we will be transformed and, 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 and to an image made like unto him. Amen. Say, what are you going to look like? I don't know what I'm going to look like, but I'll be like Jesus. Amen. Amen. But there's more there. Look at verse number three. The Bible says, and every man that hath this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. What is that saying? And you're looking forward to spending an eternity with the Lord. You're looking forward to being transformed into his image. You're looking forward to being like him. God said, that if you're expecting that, then every day of your life, friend, you ought to be purifying your life. Amen. Amen. <laughs> not, not, not getting further and further away from the Lord, but closer and closer to the Lord. Not, not getting more and more into sin, but further and further away from sin. That's our duty. Toward our beloved, you see, to keep ourselves pure. But there's a second duty, and that is to obey his voice. Look again in in Song of Solomon, chapter 5. We have a duty toward him whom our soul loveth, and to to keep a pure life, but also to have a life of obedience to him, to obey his voice. Song of Solomon, chapter 5. In verse number two, it says, I sleep, but my heart waketh. It is the voice of my beloved that knocketh, saying, open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my undefiled, for my head is filled with dew. Now, now, now listen to me. For <laughs> well, they heard the voice, you see, saying, open to me. And now that's nothing more than us being obedient to his voice. And I think there's a lot of Christians, boy, that, that listen to me with our mouth. Boy, we want to say I love the Lord. But let me ask yourself, are you living a life of obedience to him? Huh? Are you living a life, friend, that when you hear his voice, when you read his word, when you hear his word preached, friend, are you ready to obey? Or are one of you, are, you, know, are you one of these Christians that says, man, that's going a little too far. You know? If you love the Lord, friend, you will want to obey him. Look at John chapter 14. John chapter 14. It's as plain as anything in the Bible. that when we really love the Lord, friends, we'll be ready to obey him instantly. John 14 and verse number 15. Look what the Bible says there. Jesus says very plainly, if ye love me. Keep my commandments. And that's simple, isn't it? Huh? It's not just talk. And isn't it amazing how many Christians can't even obey the Lord in the simple things? And you get saved, what's the next step? You're supposed to get baptized. Amen. It's just that simple. You get saved and you get baptized. And yet there are Christians man, who will go week after week and month after month and never even obey the Lord in that one simple thing. Huh? They don't love the Lord. Not, 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 not like the Bible says, we're supposed to love him. And God says, you know, man, we you know, we're supposed to be a church. Sunday morning comes, man, here's a Christian, well, they're here this Sunday, next Sunday they stay home, man, Sunday night, you know, they're, they're doing this and fooling around, hey, the problem is you don't love the Lord like you ought to, amen, it's plain and simple, tithing, what is tithing, man, it's giving to the one you love, amen, and my my uh, second oldest daughter's graduating here in a few weeks, and she asked me the other day. She said, "Daddy, you you know, Bobby, you know, I want you to buy me a dress for graduation." And, and what do you think I said? I ain't buying you no dress. I Said, "Sure, why not?" Now, why do you think I, I'd spend the money for that? Because I love her. Paid uh, almost hundred dollars for some stupid invitations. Isn't that something? Wow, amen. Now to me, that's the dumbest thing in the world, send out them invitations. They give you, you put, why is it two envelopes in their head? And a piece of tissue. What's all that stuff for? Huh? About all that dumb stuff. I could care less about the invitations. I love my kid, you see. Mother's Day is coming up. Man, yeah. <laughs> Wow. Now, my wife's not my mother, but uh, you know what? I'll get her something for Mother's Day. Last week, man, I, I, I brother, I surprised her. I, I came in, I mean, I stopped at the store and got a, a rose and uh, had, the, you know, the little white stuff around it and, uh, and a balloon that says, I love you. And I walked in the house, and uh, I had been gone, and and, and that morning, and I gave it to her, she said, oh, a rose, and and, and it's got the morning breath around it. She was sleeping. It's supposed to be baby's breath. She said, morning's breath. Some of you all will get that. She said, what "What is this for? I said, it's just because I love you. She's like, whoa. My daughter comes in and says, hey, did you buy that for Mama? Yeah, I did. Hey, that's, I'm pretty good. Hey, yeah. Amen. I'm saying you don't have any trouble giving to someone you love. Isn't it true? Now, now you tell me a Christian boy that just,
0: man, you got to pull a arm out of that pocket. Give that dollar. Give that
1: dollar to God. Problem is you don't love the Lord like you ought to. Friends, when you love the Lord like you ought to, you wanna give. You want to give more. And it and it burdens you and hurts you that you can't give more. You wanna give more. No one has to twist your arm. Man, you want to obey the Lord. I preach about soul winning and all those things. It doesn't matter. When you love the Lord, friends, when you find out that there's something that He wants you to do, man, you are eager to do it. Because you love the Lord, you see. Not for the praise of man and not to be recognized, but but because you love the Lord. I ask you tonight, how much do you love the Lord? How much do you love him? It's not hard to pray when you love him, amen. Huh? Look at verse 23 of that 14th chapter John. And Jesus answered and said unto him, if a man love me, he will keep my words and my father will love him. And we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Verse 24. He that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings. And the word which ye hear is not mine, but the father's which sent me. You see, well, we can run around and holler all we want about how much we love the Lord. But the proof of it, friends, is in whether or not we obey him. See? It's in whether or not we will obey him. Look at 1 John again. 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 1. 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 1. Look what the Bible says there. In 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 1. And the Bible says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begot loveth also him that is begotten of him. Now, what does he said, man. If, if you believe if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. And listen, not only will you love him that saved you, but you'll love the other people that he saved. Amen. Amen. Now look what he says in verse 2 and 3. By this we know that we love the children of God. When we love God, And keep his commandments. Are you living that way? Not just talking about the love of God. But living out the love of God. See. Look at verse 3. For this is the love of God. And notice it's not just talk. That we keep his commandments. And you know what? His commandments are not grievous. Huh? Huh? Well, here's a person that says, oh,
0: brother McCoy, you don't understand. It's so hard to live for God.
1: Yeah, it's hard when you don't love him. Amen. Right. Amen? Amen. I imagine it'd be hard for a wife to wash and clean and cook and do all the things that, that a wife would do and do, and take care of her husband and children if she didn't love him. But I imagine if she loved him, it'd be a blessing. Amen. Amen. Huh? You think that that mama with that newborn baby, and boy, that baby—you know—they always cried four o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning. Amen. I used to always tell my wife when the baby started crying, "You better get your baby," like the Bible says. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I am—I am kidding. I—I'm I, a lighter sleeper than my wife. I think I was up—I I, won't say more time but I was up a whole lot of times with the baby. So I. But uh, I don't think that that mother's laboring over that baby and changing those dirty diapers. You know, back when we started having kids, Pampers was just invented. I'm serious. Pampers are a relatively new invention, man. You know, you had to take diapers and wash them out, you know. Amen. (laughs) Some, Some people looking at me like, what? Yeah. You know, that was back in 1852, man. No Pappers was pretty new deal then, you know. You wipe them out, but I don't think that mother said, "I can't stand this baby." And all no, no it's just, she didn't even think about it because she loves a baby. You see, and why do we think it's so hard to live for God? Oh, you can't do this and you can't do that. Yeah, anything that the Bible says that, that you can't do is for your good. You can't show me one thing in the Bible that God says don't do, that if you did it, that it would benefit you. Amen. Amen. Huh? Amen. All right, you can't be a drunk. You're not supposed to be a drunk. You're not supposed to do uh, things that
0: hurt you. Well, what's so, what's so hard about that? Amen. It's hard, friends, when you don't love the Lord and you're aching to do those things.
1: That's when it's hard. But when you give up your heart and give up your life to the one whom you love, hey, it's a joy to live for the, uh, for the Lord. It's a joy, friends. It's not some hard thing. Amen. Amen. Nothing hard about not watching X-rated movies.
0: What's so hard about that? Huh? It's not so hard Uh, uh, uh drinking beer and booze and then going home and beating my wife. What's so hard about that?
1: It's a blessing to live for God. Amen? Amen? Praise God. I can go home tonight and, and look my wife in the face and, and know that I ain't been cheating on my wife and all this kind of stuff. What's so hard about that? It's a joy. It's a blessing, I'm saying. When you love the Lord, it's a blessing. Do you understand that tonight? Hey, we something Yeah, we believe it's the lie of the devil, man. Oh, it's so hard, you know, and the preacher says this and Yeah, because, listen, boy, when you love the Lord, listen, when you love the Lord, you won't be looking for loopholes. Huh? You won't be looking for what you can get away with. You'll be looking at, man, how can I serve the Lord better? How can I be more pleasing In his sight. It's right there. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous unless you're a rebel. Amen. You know, listen to me. It's not hard for a teenager to obey their parents when they love them. If they got this old rotten worldly attitude of the world and everything their mom or dad says, they just hate, don't they? Huh? Amen. Same way with us in the Lord. In Proverbs, he says, my son, give me thy heart. And you know what? Some of us just need to give the Lord our heart. Stop bucking! Stop fighting! And stop, uh, you know, give God your heart, friend. Give Him your heart. And boy, that it'll just take care of so many things. Is the Lord Jesus Christ Him whom your soul loveth? it is, you ought to stay pure, and you ought to live a separated life. You ought to obey His voice, whatever it is He would tell you to do, friends. You ought to be ready and willing to obey. And then finally, our duty toward him whom our soul loveth, friend, should be to hasten his return. Look again at that passage in Song of Solomon. Song of Solomon, chapter 8. And verse number
0: 14.
1: Verse 13 says, thou that dwellest in the gardens, the companions hearken to thy voice. Cause me to hear it. Man, that's a, that's a request, right? I could preach a whole sermon on that. Cause me to hear it. But look at what it says in verse 14. Make haste, my beloved. And be thou like to a roe or to a young heart upon the mountains of spices. Make haste, my beloved. Hey, if we really love the Lord, friends, we will hasten his return. In other words, we will anxiously look forward to his return. Let me ask you tonight, are you anxiously looking forward to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ? Man, do you say, praise God, it could be the day, it could be the night, it could be in the morning. I can't wait until he returns, amen? Most of us are too wrapped up in the... (laughs) Hectic schedules and doing this and doing that. I didn't think about the Lord's return. Hmm? But we ought to be. In in, in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Look at that and, and then I'll be through. 2 Timothy chapter 4. And verse number 6. The apostle Paul says, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Verse eight. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also. That love. is appearing. See there's a crown that you and I can gain. It's a crown of righteousness. Now listen to me. For simply loving his appearing. For simply hastening his return. Listen. We can win the crown of righteousness. And I ask you tonight friend. Is the Lord Jesus Christ him whom your soul loveth. If it is you'll be very anxious about his return. Huh. I think the average Christian is so enamored with this world and (laughs) stoves and refrigerators and junk. (laughs) If the Lord did return, man, we'd be like, hey, wait a minute, Lord, let me get somebody to watch my house. No. You you won't need it. Huh? Huh? Yeah, you know, the things of this earth has got us all occupied and preoccupied. I'm saying, friends, nothing wrong with a house or something like that, but don't let it get your mind off the Lord. Don't put those things ahead of Jesus Christ. Don't serve and love those things. God never meant for us to love things. He meant for us to love him. And when we love him, listen to me, he'll give us all the things that we need, but we won't be attached to him. We'll be just as ready to let those things go as we would anything, you see, because our eyes would be toward the Lord. And we hasten his return. Do you love the Lord tonight? Not, not in a shallow way again, not, not in just a, you know, this word love is tossed around so cheaply today. But true love is a wonderful thing. And friends, we need to love the Lord with our soul. He should be him whom our soul loveth. And if he is, that just takes care of everything, doesn't it? Takes care of the matter of purity. Takes care of the matter of obedience. Takes care of all these things, you see. It's not hard anymore. It's a joy. It's a blessing. Let's bow our heads. I think one aspect of revival that's overlooked so often is, man, that we just start loving the Lord again like we ought to. Our hearts grow cold. The fire grows dim. When we stir up the fire of love in our hearts again for the Lord, boy, that'll <laughs> I just can't help but think. It just takes care of so many things. We won't have any trouble soul winning. Man, you love to talk about whatever whatever it is you love. You can't help but talk about it. We need to love him tonight. I wonder how many here tonight say, Boy, God, God spoke to my heart on that issue right there. Would you just lift your hand quickly? Just just lift your hand. God spoke to my heart about this matter of loving the Lord. Amen. You can put it down. I wonder if you're here tonight, friends, if you're not saved, I mentioned it earlier, but, but listen, the Lord loves you so much. God loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for you so that you could be saved. And if you're here tonight and you're not saved, it's impossible for you to love the Lord like the Bible talks about. You must be saved first. And what you need tonight is to get saved. You need to trust Jesus Christ. I wonder who's here tonight. And you say, Brother McCoy, that's me. If I were to die tonight, I'm not 100% sure I'd go to heaven. I'd like to be. But I can't honestly say I'm saved. Pray for me. Would you just lift your hand up quickly? Just lift it up. i pray for you. Who's like that here tonight? Just just lift your hand and put it down. All right, God bless you. God bless you. Who else? Just, Just, just lift your hand. Put it down. You say... I'll be honest with you. I'm I'm not going to sit here and say I'm saved because I I don't really know that I am. I'd like to be. Pray for me. Who else? If you didn't raise your hand, would you just quickly raise it? All right. I see it way in the back. That's good. Okay. You can put it down. Who else? Who else? I'm going to pray in just a minute. You say, include me in on that prayer, Brother McCoy. Quickly now. Quickly. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. Father, thank you for these hands that were raised of Christians that the Lord, who said you dealt with him? you spoke to him about this matter of love. I knew you would, Lord. I, there's no way that, that, that you could not speak to our hearts about this matter of loving you more and loving you like we ought to. And I pray, God, that our hearts would be warmed. And, God, that, oh, Father, we just love you, Lord, in a tremendous way, God. And love you supremely, Lord. And, and, and just return a portion of the love that you love us with, Lord. And Father, I pray, Lord, for the few hands that were raised of people that are not saved. Oh, God, I pray that they will know your love tonight. I pray that they would know Jesus. And to know Jesus is to know your love. And I pray they'd get saved tonight, Lord. Please work in their hearts. And Lord, let us see them saved. Let us see Christians get some things right, God. Please have your way tonight. We praise you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand to our feet and uh, with our heads bowed. And as the music is played, if you're a Christian, you need to come to the altar. You just come ahead and do some business with God. But listen, if you're here tonight, friend, and you need to be saved you need to do something you say what's that you need to have enough faith to step out of your seat where you are and meet the pastor right down front and and by coming what you would be saying is i want to be saved i know i need jesus christ and if you're a lady he'll have a lady take you to side and talk to you if you're a man he'll have a man take you to side and talk to you but who's like that here tonight you say brother mccoy i need to be saved why don't you come tonight i extend an invitation to you would you come tonight Receive Jesus Christ as your savior, friend, and have eternal life and know that you're going to heaven when you die. Who's like that here tonight? You say, I need to be saved. Would you come down and just meet pastor? Let him know it down here. Here he is down here. He'll meet you down here. You say, I need to get saved. I need to know Jesus Christ. Would you come tonight? Would you let God have his way? Give God a chance, friend, to work in your life. Would you do that tonight? Would you do that? You say, Oh, I need Jesus. Well, you can have Jesus, but you've got to come to Jesus. He's not going to make you get saved. He's not going to do anything against your will, friend, but he'll work with you. If you want to get saved, the only reason you want to get saved is because the Lord put it in your heart. You couldn't want to be saved on your own for nothing in this world. Nobody ever just wants to get saved. Jesus said, no man can come to me except my father draw him. And if you're sitting there or standing there and the Lord is tugging on your heart and saying you need to get saved. Listen, that's the Lord drawing you. And I'm saying, don't turn away from it, friends. Don't, don't resist the spirit tonight. The Holy Spirit is calling you. Don't resist him. Will you come tonight? And trust Jesus Christ. Would you do that? Would you do that? Christian, you need to do some business with God. Would you do that tonight? Do as the Lord has bid you to do as well. Oh, I just think this if, if Christians would just get this thing right, it'd make a tremendous difference. You come.